Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. That is 30 years. So I must be doing something right, I suppose. The purpose of this podcast is to get to the real deal of what really works and most important, why it works. Today, I'm going to talk about repetitions, the old reps. What is the magic rep number? I think that should be fun. Topic I like, a topic I enjoy, a topic I think I have a lot of information on. Before I get to that, let me thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. Look, Realty Pros in Volusia County is number one. So just like I said about the business being in business for 30 years, doing something right, these guys must be doing something right. And I know that they are. It's a changing market and you need pros that know what they're doing. That is Jonathan and Lynn and their entire staff. So give them a shout. 386-451-2412. Let's get down to fitness business. Let's get down to the business. So what is the best rep range? Well, if you've been listening long enough, you probably know what I'm going to say. There really isn't a perfect rep range and the best rep range depends. So let's break the science down. Let's talk about it. Before I do that though, let me give you like the guidelines that come from the American College of Sports Medicine, and the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Because like any organization or any business, there does have to be some guidelines. But I'm going to explain why they're out there. All right. So here's what the repetition guidelines state. So according to both the NSCA and the ACSM. And I will say that the uh, ACSM kind of acquiesces to the NSCA when it comes to strength training. So they kind of just fall in line with what they state. But all the scientists in both departments state the same thing. So the belief is that the rep range of 12 to 20 is ideal for muscular endurance. The rep ranges of 8 to 12 is ideal for muscular strength. I'm sorry, for hypertrophy. And sometimes that actually gets taken down to 6. So 6 to 12 reps. Some say 6, some say 12. But basically your moderate rep range of 6 or 8 to 12 is best for hypertrophy, which is muscular growth. And your ideal rep range for pure strength is less than six reps. Finally, the guidelines for muscular power is either zero or one to five with a moderate load for power or five to 10 repetitions with 60% of your one rep max. So those are the numerical guidelines. I mean, if you're listening, Hopefully you weren't trying to write all of those down. I mean, first, they're everywhere. They're printed. And secondly, 
don't give them that much importance, okay? Because everything comes back to science. So let me first tackle why they come up with the guidelines. People need guidelines, but there's a spirit behind the law and you can't take the law overly serious in this case. So people do need guidelines. It's not like you can write books and tell people when they go to work out, say, well, those rep ranges are nice and everything, but really a lot more of it comes down to time, like how long the muscle's being stimulated, and definitely to intensity, how hard the muscle is being stimulated, or how long you're willing to deal with the fatigue, with the burn, before you stop or are stopped, which we call muscular failure. I mean, ultimately, that is what it comes down to with that. But like any novice at anything, it's not like you can say that. It's not like you can rely upon somebody feeling a certain load that they're not even really sure how to feel it yet. So you do have to come up with guidelines. Now, what most people don't realize is the people writing the guidelines have a lot more information than you do, and they're supposed to. So they know, for example, they're going to say that 6 to 12 or 8 to 12 repetitions is ideal for hypertrophy because they're taking into consideration that the person is doing somewhere between a 4 or 6 second per rep time or tempo. So in other words, each rep is taking between 4 or 6 seconds. So they know if they do the minimum of that, that's 36 seconds, right? If they're doing the maximum of that, that is 72. So they are falling right in the realm of what we call anaerobic metabolism. And if the muscles fatigue within anaerobic metabolism, they are going to grow. They also know that if you're doing, say, when we get to the muscular strength, where one to six or one to five, depending on which chart you read, is ideal for muscular strength, that it's not really long enough, again, based on the four to six second repetition, to be in anaerobic metabolism. So now you're just relying on the muscle fibers getting split without any hormonal response or with limited hormonal response. So if you're going to get limited hormonal response, then you're not really going to get as much hypertrophy as you would if you did more moderate reps, but not because of the rep ranges, but because of the time. Now, <clears throat> we can make this even more complicated by saying that how do we know everybody's doing the rep speed the same? So if you're saying that 6 to 12 reps is ideal for hypertrophy, but somebody blows through their set and literally does a rep per second, then they could be done in 12 seconds or less. That's not long enough to stimulate the anaerobic window. So now we have to take that into consideration. Or somebody is really purposefully slow with their cadence, and now they're superseding the length of anaerobic metabolism, which simply or most of the time ends around 90 seconds. So then they're getting into aerobic metabolism. So now 
the load wasn't really heavy enough to get the adaptations to the muscles. Okay, so then you take that into consideration and you say, well, geesh, I mean, these rep ranges sound a little like vague, you know, they're, they're great numbers, but it's like, there's a lot of depends behind them. And there is. So the value that they do give us is they give us an idea of how heavy the load should be. So the ACSM and NSCA both agree that it's got to be equal to equal, meaning that if you say you're going to do, say, 12 repetitions, then that 12 rep- that 12th repetition should been should have been as heavy as it can be. In other words, you're stopping at 12. You can't do 14. That way you're using the right load for the repetitions. Now, that's not always stated either when you read some of these magazine articles or when some people are taking the information done by extremely qualified professionals at the NSCA and ACSM. Don't get me wrong. Extremely qualified. But see, they release these guidelines and numbers to the trainers for the trainers to interpret to explain to people that there's a method to the madness, that there is more to it than just giving somebody numbers. Numbers are great. I just had that conversation with somebody this morning. You need to balance between quantity and quality, but you have to understand that it's the quality that is always going to trump the quantity on that. All right. So they are taken into consideration when they're making these guidelines that they know the tempos that were being researched. They know that there has to be a specific load attached to each rep range. We call that rep max. In other words, if somebody's doing six RM, six rep max, or six real reps, they can't do a seventh. They use the load appropriate for the rep range. Now, when influencers or whatever you want to call them are out there telling people what to do and they say, you know, the best thing to do is do three sets of 10 to gain hypertrophy, they're not understanding themselves most of the time that that's load dependent. So load matters more like If you are really doing 10 reps, but that's all you can do, that's the heaviest you can go in good form, then that's a real 10 reps. But if you're using a submaximal load and stopping at 10, it's almost doing nothing for you. All right. So thus far, listening to this introduction, you're probably thinking, I don't feel any better about this. I feel worse. Good. Because that was my intent. I want you to understand that these rep ranges matter somewhat, but they don't matter that much. What matters the most, number one, I say it all the time, is your form. Never do the exercises wrong, all right? And I'm not even talking for injury prevention. I mean, that should go without saying. But also, if you really want to target the muscles appropriately and target the correct muscles, you're going to have to use appropriate form. Next, think more about getting the set to failure. In other words, it's really how close you can get to maximal intensity that counts. Because again, everybody has different speeds, you know? I mean, sure, we try to coach some consistency with that because there is sort of an ideal tempo for most people, and that's usually go relatively fast, but with tension on the muscle and without any momentum and a squeeze when appropriate. So yeah, we, of course we coach that, but 
everybody is still a little bit different. So one person doing 12 reps that they read they should do in a magazine versus a total opposite person doing 12 reps, it's going to be different. So really comes more down to what we call time under load, T-U-L, or time under tension, TUT, some people call it. It comes down to that. How long does the set last? Now, if the set lasts too long, like it's a 90-second set, a minute and a half, chances are, well, not chances are, absolutely the load is too light and you're probably, you're still going to get some strength and you're definitely getting some exercise and you are getting some muscular endurance, but you're not getting maximal muscular strength. You're not even getting maximal muscular endurance and you're, you're not getting maximal muscle tension or hypertrophy. So it really comes down to how long the set lasts, how quickly we can get the fatigue, Sure, reps matter. And yes, we count here because we want to have a good guideline. But we know our people really well too. So there are some people, when I write their exercise prescription or I'm writing a workout for somebody and somebody else is going to work with this person, whether it be Ellen or Angelica, you know, there's some people I'm like, well, I can't put 10 reps down. Because as much as I've tried, they will not slow down to my liking. They slow down, but not as much as the next person. So I'm going to have to use 18 to 20 reps as their guidelines. So they're getting the same amount of work. They're just faster at it. Like the set lasts the same amount of time as the person who does a slower 10. So therefore, they are getting the same adaptations. It's about time in the set and the load that they're using, and it's about intensity. It all comes back to intensity. If we're not using greater loads, we're not getting stronger. We're not getting results. And of course, that can be taken too far. I would say the majority of men, sorry to be you know, gender prejudice here, but this is just kind of a fact or a really good educated opinion. You know, dudes are gonna like have bigger egos and they're constantly raising the weights when they're not ready for it. So yes, it's about using more weights, but like everything, there is a qualification. Are you doing it right? Like, is your set long enough? So a dude that's going to pick up some dumbbells and throw six repetitions up there for lateral raises, you know, and it took him six seconds. Sorry, buddy, that load is too heavy because you can't do it right. Or maybe they, you know, get enough repetitions. Maybe they do 12 repetitions, but their form sucks because they're throwing them up there. And why are they throwing it up there? Because they can't do it correctly with that load. And if they dropped the dumbbells down, maybe 10 pounds each, they would actually be able to lift the weight without momentum and pause at the top. So yes, we always need to use greater load when we can. That's why when we keep our charts and somebody might say, you know, well, I noticed I've been using 30 pounds on that for the last four workouts. I just peeked at my chart. It's like, yeah, because, you know, I don't, we don't have your form where we like it. You're still throwing the weight or you're still not pausing or you're still going too fast. So until we get that right, we're not going to increase the load because 
you may say you're ready, but your actions are saying something different. You're not strong enough. Like if you were strong enough, you would do it right. I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, the only reason why you're swinging it is because you can't do it, get the rep that you think is the expectation and do it with the proper form. So it all comes down to that. So to summarize, sure, the rep recommendations given by the NSCA and ACSM have some value, but the value is limited. The people who write the recommendations aren't telling you the whole story because number one, they don't think that you understand the science and you probably don't unless you really have studied this stuff. So the, really they're writing these guidelines to give to the, the fitness practitioners who are actually out there to guide you with those guidelines and they understand that a qualified fitness professional understands that there's a method to the madness and there's a reason why that the rep numbers are picked as they are. You know, there's a reason why and it comes down to time, it comes down to form, it comes down to load, it comes down to tempo, it comes down to all of these things. And I'm not saying it's it's rocket science, so I'm not saying you couldn't understand it. I'm just saying in a lot of the things you read, there's probably not going to be that much of an explanation underneath it if you're just picking up a fitness magazine. Because no, I mean, I think you understand this. So I absolutely know you can understand it. But the people writing these workouts and stuff, maybe they don't. And they're not taking time to make sure that you understand that there's quality and there's quantity, right? There's science and there's art. And you have to kind of understand both. But number one, if you remember only two things, I can't say one because there's two. Two things, remember, form is paramount to everything else and intensity is next. Meaning, think about how far you can go into the set in good form. That is the key. All right. Speaking of the key, if you want to unlock your garage door and don't have any issues with it, then you need to call overhead door of Daytona Beach because they are the absolute best garage door company in the state of Florida. And we happen to have our own local company here owned by Jeff and Zach Hawk, who are friends and clients of mine. And I personally vouch for them. They can be reached at overheaddoordaytona.com. Check out the website. It's really cool.